Hi, I'm Terrell Turner, the host of the Finance and Accounting Show. And today we have a great guest on because, you know, one of the things that we like to do is talk to accounting and finance firm owners and professionals from around the world because you'll find that there's a lot that we can learn from each other and there's a lot of great things going on. Like today's guest, I mean, they were named Zero's Accounting Firm Partner of the Year for 2022. And I'm excited to hop into the conversation. So stay tuned for today's episode. So without further ado, let me bring on my guest, Jason. Welcome to the show. Terrell, great to be here, mate. How are you going? All is well, man. All is well. So for, for those that, that aren't familiar, can you tell us a little bit, like, where are you where are you at located right now? Uh, mate, right now it's uh, Melbourne. It's uh, just after 6 a.m. So I've got myself out of bed bright and early for a great conversation <laughs> with you. And uh, the caffeine is just kicking in. So yeah, born and bred Melbourne boy in Australia, Victoria. Nice, nice. Uh, you know, one of the things that I find that as I talk to a lot, meeting a lot more friends kind of in Australia is like, you know, maybe this is my assumption from the outside looking in. It's like how closely knit and familiar um, people are in Australia as far as like knowing some of the other finance and accounting professionals out there. Does it feel that way for you being there? Yeah, hundred percent, man. We we've got a pretty cool accounting community where quite a lot of us see each other as collaborators rather than competitors, and uh, we get together a lot. Whether it's like CPA conferences, ZeroCon, which is coming up uh, soon, so I think uh, we stay in touch. Even though Australia is quite a big place, and you know, I've got a business partner in Perth, which is four thousand kilometers away, um, but it still feels like we're we're a really tight knit community, and and yeah, just lots of communication, lots of reaching out and talking to each other and you know touching base to see what's working what's not working and i think as an industry we're really trying to uplift each other to make the uh small business community a better place so it's cool it's good vibes awesome i love it it's one of those things that i tell people in the u.s like you know part of the reason we started this you know this show of doing the finance and accounting of bringing on other firm owners um that may do somewhat similar work that we do but part of the reason of bringing them on is because I'm like, there's so much you can learn from each other. And there will probably always be more business owners than there are accounting firms. So it's like there's no shortage of like work to go around. So definitely glad to have you on. And we're going to talk a little bit about your firm. But before we do, tell us a little bit about your background. Yeah, sure, mate. Um, I was one of those interesting stories where I never wanted to be an accountant. So actually falling into where I am now owning an accounting firm uh, with a team of 29 and growing, growing rapidly over the past year, taking it all the way back. I, I worked at a surf shop. I sold snowboards. Um, I used to go snowboarding. I was finishing university. I was like, nah, this, I fell into accounting because my careers advisor was like, well, you good. You did really well at business at school, and you were really good at mathematics. So you should be an accountant. And I was like, well, it seems logical. So signed up to business at university, uh, majoring in accounting, 
and nearly got to the end of it and went, nah, this, this is not for me. This is, this is not my thing. Um, but my best friend at the time was just like, who's now my business partner in future advisory. Um, so, you know, think back uh, 18 years ago, he went, mate, pull your head in. Um, you've nearly finished your degree. This stop wasting your time snowboarding. You're not even that good. Um, and it's time to get a job. So he uh, got me my first job in the accounting industry, and uh, we I even rocked up to the job interview. And here we do basses, quarterly basses, which is lodging our GST, um, you know, to, to the government on our sales. And I rocked into the job interview. They're like, oh, you're going to be doing lots of basses. And I walked out going, what the hell's a bass? Like, <laughs> what am I doing? So it was, you know, so that that was the the beginning of uh, my journey into into being an accountant and, and, and you know, growing through that. So um, did end up falling, falling in love with it. It wasn't so much the, you know, the, the accounting, so to speak, but the working with people, the helping people to understand what came naturally to, you know, sometimes us accountants, things come natural to us. Uh, we understand numbers. We can see the way it all marries together and being able to describe that uh, to a person in the language that they could understand to help them progress in their business was something that that was really, you know, really drew me to the industry and to, con to continue to do this work. And I think then working the way through the career of starting off in a local firm out in the suburbs, then working in a city firm where I had more exposure to some uh, international clients around the world, you know, learning about, you know, clients in Singapore or clients in America and, you know, just kind of broaden the horizon um, and then pretty quickly figured out that that I wanted to run my own business. I think I was probably only an accountant for about three or four years and I went, yeah, like being an entrepreneur or being a business owner is actually what I was meant to do, not just be an accountant. Um, and then, yeah, started started a firm called RB Tax with Greg, my best friend, and we we're just doing tax returns on the side. So it was just we we're probably about seven years ago, like really early to adopt the cloud and fully paperless and digital technology, digital engagement, digital signatures, everything that just meant we could be on a laptop. And we actually launched the first version of the business. I was in Bali in a villa. And, and launched it and, you know, sent little Facebook messages to all our friends saying, hey, can I do your tax return? Like, you know, please trust me, I'll, I'll do a great job. And little did they know I was in a pool in Bali, like sitting there tapping away doing their tax. So, and then it's it's just progressed like crazy since then. Like even thinking back that that was six or seven years ago and it was just my mate Greg and I smashing out tax returns and um, now years on, you know, we look after 400 business groups, three and a half thousand clients, a team of 29, zero accounting partner of the year. Um, I feel quite blessed and a lot of gratitude for the way the last couple of years of my career has gone. Um, being involved in the CPA. So in, in, in Victoria, I'm on the committee for the public practice of the CPA. So I represent um, firms and I get to be a voice in that forum where I can talk to the CPA about what our members need and, and what the public, what the CPA should be doing for our uh, public practitioners who are running accounting firms and then also through zero being um, the zero partner of the year i was fortunate to be selected to be on their partner advisory council so working closely with a technology company to to sit with their senior leadership team to look at how they can help uh, make accounting firm lives easier owners lives easier and bookkeepers and then also small business owners so kind of fingers in a lot of pies and lots going on but man it's a fun journey like i think you know you've got to really really enjoy what you do to to love accounting and, and love our little world but it's it's gold we're, we're having a good time 
Also, I mean, such a, a, a rich history there. And, and I want to take a step back and just kind of like break a little bit of that down, kind of go piece by piece. First question is, now this shows my ignorance on uh, geography of Australia. Like, is sure. snowboarding a really big deal in Australia? <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely not. It's it's okay. so not a big deal. It was like... um. <laughs> You know, what was that? 21, 22, 23 year old Jason was just trying to find any excuse to do anything. Like, probably should have been doing surfing. Surfing's definitely much more <laughs> of a bigger deal, but I was no good at it. Um, not even that good at snowboarding, to be honest. But it, I, just the surf shop I worked at, which sold snowboards, I could get um, tickets or lift passes to one of the local mountains. So, kind of Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, I'd, I'd take off and snowboard. And then I'd come back and work Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. And that was just kind of the, the rhythm and the routine I got into. But no, s snowboarding is um, definitely not a big deal here. We, we barely okay. get snow. Uh, we've got a couple of little mountains that would probably be dwarfed by what you guys get <laughs> access to over there. And um, yeah, I think um, the, the nearest thing to us that was worthwhile doing was New Zealand. New Zealand's got some some pretty cool mountains and some good snowboarding and fortunate enough to get over there as part of what I was up to. But yeah, um, that's why okay. that fizzled out pretty quickly. <laughs> gotcha. You know, because one of the things, I guess, you know, if you find interest in that, you know, from talking to some people who do snowboard, I mean, there's a, there's a, a little bit of a thrill that they get. Well, a big thrill that they get from that is like, as you kind of transition to focus a little bit more on accounting, did you feel like you still got to experience somewhat of a thrill or was it like a complete culture shock? Ah, <laughs> oh, culture shock. Yeah. Now the, the, the thrill of the, the snowboarding down the mountain, outdoors, fresh air, cold, the gear, you know, all of that very different thrill um, in accounting. I think for me, um, that sense of purpose um, was very different. It was a very big shift and, and it was actually, you know, part of discovering who I was and what I was meant to be doing. I think snowboarding Jace, who who didn't want to finish university, who, you know, was kind of shying away from the world, that was the guy that hadn't figured it out yet and wasn't sure what he wanted to do. So, you know, I think, you know, having great friends like my business partner and, and another friend at the time who sat me down and kind of went, no, you're going to finish your degree and you're going to have a crack. And, and then if you try it and you decide you don't like it, fine, go and do something else. But look, all these years on, I think nearly 10 years doing this now, um, overall with working for other people and having our own business, it's it's been the most rewarding thing ever. And the, the friends that I've made uh, are lifelong. And some of the, the ways that we've been able to impact people's lives have been, you know, there's there's memories that I'll, I'll have forever. And um, it's been, you know, even just i think how did i end up like you know i've ended up on like a tv show here with with a guy called koshi who's you know really you know a fun fun name to kind of throw around here and you know through through the accounting firm i've now got a gin company we make gin and you know a coffee business so like it's i got to use the accounting world as as way of kind of flaring out the entrepreneurial side of growing businesses doing it different and getting to do like presentations on stage running a podcast with with my mate marty who you met from the numbers game um you know it's it's kind of some people go oh you're an accountant that must be so boring and it's like <laughs> you don't actually know like just how not boring my life is it's, if anything i need to like peel it back a little bit and drop a few things because there's just so much going on but yeah no diff different thrill but still a thrill altogether i mean there's that thrill yeah. of, of helping someone and and somebody going hey i couldn't do this without you like and mm -hmm. you kind of sit back and just go 
hey, like I think you can, but also happy to help fast track fast track your world and get you to where you're mm-hmm. going. So big part of big part of that. You know, that's something that I find to be, you know, something very common where a lot of people talk about, you know, where doing the accounting work itself, like the technical stuff of accounting wasn't much of the, you know, it wasn't much of the thrill. I mean, you kind of get the processes, but then when they made that step from, you know, doing the accounting to now building the firm and actually starting to do the entrepreneurial things around that process, it was like, okay, all right, now the thrill like kicked back in because it's like, I get to marry accounting, which I I know what I'm good at with entrepreneurship. So, you Mm -hmm. know, when you guys started out, like you said, I mean, kind of early on of doing, you know, using some of the the cloud based technology, like how early in your process did you guys hop on with, you know, using the zero platform? Day one, day one. So yeah, it was it was seven or so years ago. I worked at a firm. I had a great boss. Uh, I think having mentors is probably a really good thing that, that I took away in my junior career. That without a mentor and without somebody more senior really guiding you in your career and taking you under their wing, I don't think you make it as far as fast. Um, I had a really great mentor who was running a very, very good business, and they were just starting to toy around with cloud and technology. You know, they still had the server and the desktop computers and things like that. And I was like, as they started to go slowly, I looked at that as an opportunity and went, ooh, if you move really fast in that space, you'll get a competitive edge and, and you'll be ahead of the trend. And I think part of that frustration when you when you are entrepreneurial and you're working in a business where the business owner isn't moving fast enough, you can create some friction. So I sat back going, man, like we've got to start moving faster. And because I always knew I wanted to go out, it almost kind of fast-tracked me going, i, I got to go. I've got to do this because I couldn't sit back and watch things move as slow as they were moving and but we 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 have good relationships here i'm not too sure what the zero community is like in america but i'm sure it's probably getting there and growing but with your um account manager so we've got like a relationship manager account manager at zero the relationship manager at the firm i was working at was just this awesome person sophie and and i reached out to her and said look i want to set up a firm i need to be on zero so on and so forth and and they made it really really easy like the guidance of the process wasn't just sign up online and do it all yourself there was another human involved which which i think at the core of zero's values human is one of those and and they've obviously as they've become a billion dollar global entity they've obviously had to work a lot harder to remain human um but so starting off in that cloud space we greg greg and i sat down it was like okay what technology do we need to bolt together to build an accounting firm but it was always starting from building that foundation on a completely cloud basis. So we went, okay, cool, we've got zero, which allows us to do financials and tax returns, but what other things should we add on? And it's like engagement software so people can pay us properly and then digital signatures so they don't need to come and print off a bit of paper and post it back to us. And it just kind of flowed from there. And But not, not at any one point did we want to have anything that wasn't cloud and allow us to work flexibly and remote on a laptop from anywhere in the world. And that was kind of like the ethos that we had when, when we were kicking off. So, mm-hmm. you know, that I, I think that becomes very interesting because as I talk to more people in like, you know, Australia to where, you know, they talk about, you know, the size of, you know, the, the, the business market or the client market in Australia is not as big as it is in the US. And so you start expanding geographically. So, you know, 
you know, what percentages of your clients are in Australia versus other countries in the region? Oh, look, Australia-wise, it'd be 97%. Like, we we are an Australian-focused, Australian-specialized boutique accounting firm. Um, So those 400 groups or 3,500 clients that we currently look after, like, they are majority Australian-owned or they're like New Zealand and UK entities that have set up subsidiaries in Australia that use us to look after them. Um, Now it's almost the other way around. Like, our Australian clients are going... We're going to grow to service other markets um, in the US and the UK. And, you know, we just had a T-shirt company that did a a cap raise here and raised a few million dollars. And now they're launching in the US and Europe, or they're already servicing US and Europe, but they're opening a a distribution center in the USA. Um, And they've set up an an LLC and, you know, there's, there's all this cool stuff. So that exposure is now starting to happen more and more for our team where our clients are expanding overseas, which is really exciting to see. But in Australia, it's like in Melbourne alone, there's more than enough clients where I don't really need to service anyone beyond Melbourne realistically. But because of the way a lot of people here, you know, Australia is probably a bit of a leader when it comes to adopting cloud technology and working remotely. Um, so we've got clients in Sydney, in Brisbane, in Perth. Um, you know, through the Numbers Game podcast, we had a guy listening to the show. He was in Sydney and he just went, well, I'm not really feeling the love from my accountant. I'm just going to call the guy from the Numbers Game podcast and, and his team can take over my accounting. And it was like, he didn't need to meet us. He didn't need to sit face to face to feel comfortable. He went, look, I've listened to you guys on the podcast. I understand who you are and what you do and why you do it. Just take over my stuff because my accountant doesn't seem to really care. So I think, you know, given that, you know, we've got team members in Perth, we've got a team member in the sunny coast, we've got a few team members in the Philippines. Like we we are quite a remote team servicing clients Australia-wide. Um, and yeah, like it's, it is still really cool. I mean, I've thought about, you know, when I think about the vision and the future for future, I go imagine we had a, an office in New Zealand and an office in London and an office in New York or, or LA, somewhere in LA, like that would be really cool one day to, to have expanded to that level where future advisory is not just a name known in Australia, but a name that can be a a well-known boutique accounting firm where people get great service and great advice, but it doesn't have to be just Australia. I mean, that's a world that I'm kind of interested in exploring one day. You you know, and I think that brings up an interesting dynamic that I'm curious how you guys kind of navigate that, like you said, with having a a remote team and you're in different places, but still, you know, you guys have still been able to build a a firm that has a very consistent reputation. I mean, for you to be a zero partner of the year, like I said, you know, there, there are clients that are, you know, across the geography, let's say, of Australia, but they still feel like, like, hey, I'm working with the future advisory firm. Like, mm. it's not like, hey, well, this is the Melbourne office is very different from the Sydney office. Like, how did you kind of approach that of making sure like, hey, that DNA doesn't get lost as you expand? Uh, culture and values, I think, are probably, you know, the, the main thing that we try and, you know, uh, instill in our team uh, to make sure everything feels the same, everything looks the same. Every interaction or dealing feels like you're dealing with that someone who gives a crap. Um, it's, you know... It, nearly two years ago so it was our second birthday uh yesterday so we just turned two years old as an accounting firm uh, which is quite young and in our journey and we had a firm before that 
you know, which we transitioned into future. But so to be two years old, we started with a team of 14 two years ago, and now we're a team of 29. So it's been challenging. It's been challenging to keep that, you know, that culture and the values and that service level to a certain quality when you do scale and grow as fast as that. That's definitely been a challenge as a business owner that we've been, you know, working our way through. And look to the team's credit, they've they've all smashed it. They've worked so hard and they're so dedicated. And and again, you know, from a gratitude point of view, like I feel so blessed and so lucky to have this this incredible team of people that choose to come and work at Future Advisory and and be on this journey of helping people have a better future. We talk about, you know, why we exist is to help people have a better future and a bit of a play on words. Um, but I think it, it gives them, it gives people meaning as to why they come to work when they've got a strong mission and a strong vision. And we talk about what, where we're going and why we're doing it and our values as a team. So I think that that's what kind of ties it all together and, and make sure that it feels like, you know, that one business, even as we get bigger, still feels like people are getting that, that unique service or, or that, you know, small business service for a bigger team, so to speak. But um, you know, our whole focus was, you know, as an accounting firm, think of ourselves more as a customer service business. Like how do we make sure somebody feels like they're getting, you know, five star treatment or that we roll out the red carpet and make every interaction feel like a nice experience. And that's I think when you think about your business in that way, that's a really important thing to do rather than, you know, I'm just, I'm sending someone a tax return and doing a set of financials, but no, no, no. It's like, how am I serving that person? Like what, how's that customer service experience going to be? So. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Now, one of the things that I'm curious about is, you know, you mentioned the podcast. So how has the podcast kind of played a strategy with the firm or just a, a strategy in helping you connect with, you know, the, you know the the potential client community or even within the rest of the finance community it's a good question look i think um nick nick marty and i i I always had the vision of having a podcast and and i didn't want to go it alone i just thought well i've got a voice and i can talk underwater and i'm sure i could get plenty of people on that i could talk to (laughs) i went nick and marty and i when we got together and we we talked about business or unpacked a topic that the conversation would just flow. We had good vibes, we had different mindsets and ideas. And, and I sat there, you know, I had a client that was a podcast producer and I said, Oh man, I'd love to start a podcast. He goes, Oh, well, let's, let's do it. And got Nick and Marty in a room and and shared the idea with them that an accountant, a mortgage broker and a financial planner. Now, most people have fallen asleep by the time I roll (laughs) off those three things, but I'm like, if you give us a chance, like, you know, you'll actually find some gold. And I think what we had was, a lot of small business owners, a lot of individuals, you know, they, they want to improve, but they don't know where to start. And, and for us, we felt like we had a lot of information to share that was valuable and help again. Like it was that whole, like just helping people. We didn't, we didn't do it because we wanted to make more money or, or grow our businesses necessarily. That's a byproduct of helping people. So if you set out with the good intentions of let's just share value, if we share value, you know, good karma is going to come back our way and, and things should happen. And, you know, as we started going through, like I listened back to episode number one and two and three and kind of go, man, geez, we sounded a bit, uh, a bit shy and a bit nervous back then. And, and now I think we're recording episode 67, 68 and 69 today, you know, a year, a year onwards, you know, and we've continued to find content that's relevant to our audiences. Um, we've interviewed some people that have added value to our audience as well. And, you know, branding it separate to Future Advisory and Innovate, which is Nick and Marty's business, was more 
again, not to make it seem like that it had to be about like our accounting firm or our financial planning mortgage broking firm. It was the numbers game where they're just to share valuable information. And I think sometimes, you know, in what we do where we work with somebody, you know, one-on-one, there's only so much in time you've got to share information with someone one-on-one. And this, this format for us was about a one-to-many so that when, even when a client goes, Hey, um, I want to do a business plan. Where do I start? It's like, cool. I'll send you a link to an episode where we talk for 25 minutes about where to start on your business plan. And they nice. go, oh man, that's awesome. Thanks so much. So now we're trying to start to use it as a, if we notice problems that people are having during the week or day to day, how do we then create a podcast episode about that? So, you know, one that's coming up um, will be about government grants so uh, in australia at the moment across the whole of australia there's 676 different business grants that you can get at the moment but we feel like not a lot of business owners really know or understand how can they access this free money from the government right now so you know we'll look to put together a podcast you know simple half an hour episode talking about how to do it where to start you know, what they can access, what are the top five or 10 that we think people should be really jumping on right now. And that's an example then of how this this platform that we've created, you know, which it's, it's growing and it's exciting to see the numbers. And we probably didn't really anticipate that it would be where it is right now and would be getting the feedback and the reviews that we have. But man, it's, and look, to be honest, I thought it was going to feel like a lot more effort and, and feel like, <laughs> you know, but, but it's, I think with anything, consistency is key. And if you're consistent and you commit to it, you know, you'll see the results. And, and yeah, it's, it's nice to be at a point now where, you know, the I think the flow on that's come from that as well, like what we see is not just, you know, yes, we've won some new clients which help kind of subsidise the cost of running a podcast and investing our time. And there's a lot of time, energy and effort that goes into it. But the additional things, like, like you say, of, you know, being recognised and noticed in the industry or being approached for speaking gigs, um, Next March, there's an accounting and business expo, which gets thousands of people to come to that um, that show. And they've asked me to do a stage presentation about the numbers game. It's like, whoa, you know, had I, when I started the podcast, did I think I would be actually on stage in front of people physically presenting about a podcast? Probably not, but there we are. So it's uh, definitely opening up uh, opportunities in, in different areas that I hadn't expected, but open to it. Nice. And it's cool. And we're, we're absolutely loving it. Awesome. Awesome. So now for, for the future firm, where can people find you guys online? Yeah, look, I think um, our website's probably a pretty cool place to start, futureadvisory.com.au. I think uh, as an accounting firm, uh, it doesn't necessarily look and feel like a normal accounting firm would. Uh, we tried to go a little bit crazy with rocket ships and aliens and some drawings just to kind of like, you know, spice it up a little bit, make it interesting. Um so outside of that, I mean, Instagram, we've got a great, great little Instagram that we invest in. We love our social media and online presence. And um, yeah, it's, but yeah, website where we're pretty proud of it's the, the boys that built that have done a pretty good job. Awesome. Awesome. I love it. I love it. Well, before we wrap up, one question that I love asking every guest, I mean, we've talked about a lot of great things and there've been a lot of different gems that you've shared with us. If you were talking with someone and said, Hey, I was on the finance and accounting show. Hey, when you listen to my episode, hey, here are two big takeaways that I want you to have. What would your two big takeaways be? Ah, uh, mate, I love I love a vision. I love knowing that you know you've thought about the future and where you're heading. So for me, having a, a very good idea about 
you know, why you're doing what you're doing and plan it out and have a vision, but get it out of your head and develop that plan on a page. I think so many business owners don't have a plan on a page. So their mission, their vision, their values, um, you know, and what are they trying to achieve in the short term and long term? Write all that stuff down. If you get it out of your head and write it down and focus on it, um, it's amazing the power of having a, a strong vision and what that does to you. So, you know, if it's a burning desire for you to get from here to here, you need to actually articulate that, write that down and share that with people. So I think that's probably something that's underutilized by a lot of people is that, you know, they might have a goal or a vision, but they keep it internalized and they don't share it. It needs to be out. It needs to be open and you need to have that shared with your team. Awesome. And the second, uh, I think, um, look, in our, in our two years uh, of growing Future Advisory, we've made a lot of mistakes. And I think if you see mistakes and don't learn from them and learn fast, um, that's where you can fall over as a business owner um, when you're on this journey of growing a business. So I think, you know, being open to failing, but fail fast, learn from it and continue to pivot and adapt. And I think that's in this day and age where, you know, times are interesting moving forward and, you know, we're going to have to try new things and experiment to, to push forward in business and in life. And I think as long as you're open to failing fast, learning from it and moving on, I think people who are scared to fail will sit back and go, no, I'm not going to try that new thing because I'm, I'm worried that, that it might not work. But if you sit back and don't try, you'll never know what could have been if, if you'd implemented that piece of technology or that business idea and it works out. Well, think about that, that world and what that's like. So don't be afraid. Give things a go and, uh, yeah, have a crack. Awesome. I love it. Oh, Jason, thank you so much for being an amazing guest. It's been a pleasure having you on. Pleasure. Thanks for having me. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of the Finance and Accounting Show. If you like what you heard, don't be selfish. Make sure you hit that subscribe button and then share this with a friend because you know a business owner that could definitely use this insight. So be sure to hit that subscribe button, share it with a friend, and turn on the notification bell so you get all the updates when we release a new episode.